The Pongo's Dream A story from the Pantheon Fairy Tale and Folklore Libraries, Latin American Folktales, stories from Hispanic and Indian traditions. A little man came looking for work in the great house of a hacienda owner. The man was a menial, a pongo. He was miserably made and poor in spirit, and his clothes were dirty and worn out. The master could not help laughing when the little man greeted him in the long gallery. In the presence of all the men and women who served him, he demanded, Are you a human or something else? The pongo bowed his head and made no answer. Terrified, he remained standing, his eyes frozen. I have my doubts, continued the owner. We'll see if he scrubs pots or if he can hold a broom. He gave the order to the foreman. Here, take this filth. The pongo kissed the master's hands. Then, crouching, he followed the foreman into the kitchen. Small as he was, his abilities were equal to those of any ordinary man. Whatever he was asked to do, he did well. Yet there remained a touch of fear in his face, always. Noticing this, some of the peons would laugh. Others were more sympathetic. Orphan of orphans, child of the wind, said the cook when he saw him. Those freezing cold eyes must have come from the moon. The little man spoke to no one. He worked without making a sound and ate in silence. He obeyed every order. Yes, dear papa, or yes, dear mama, was all he would say. At nightfall, when the peons assembled in the gallery of the great house to recite the Eva Maria, without fail, the owner would torment the pongo in front of all the others. He would pick him up and shake him like a hide. He would give him a push on the head and make him fall to his knees. And as he knelt, he would slap him lightly across the face. I believe you are a dog. Bark for me, he would say. The little man was unable to bark, so the order would be changed. Then get down on all fours. And he would obey, scurrying back and forth like a dog. Run sideways, the master would say. And then the pongo would run sideways, imitating the little dogs of the high plains. And the owner would laugh. His whole body would shake with laughter. Now turn around, he would cry when the little man had reached the far end of the gallery. And the pongo would turn around and run back, veering just a little to one side. When he had finished, he would be tired out. Without kicking him too hard, the owner would strike the little man with his boot, sending him sprawling back on the brick pavement of the gallery. Turning to the servants who were lined up waiting, the owner would then say, now let us recite the Paternoster. And a moment later, the pongo would rise to his feet. But he would not be able to recite because he would not be standing in his proper place. In the growing darkness, the peons would step down from the gallery and into the patio and begin making their way towards the little cluster of living quarters. Then the owner would call to the pongo, Out of here, you paunchy little runt! And so it went, every day. The owner would make his new pongo grovel before the entire household. He would command him to laugh, or make him pretend to cry. But one evening, at the vesper hour, when the gallery was overflowing with all the members of the household, and when the owner had just begun to notice the pongo, the little man suddenly spoke up loud and clear. 
his face still retaining that slight trace of fear. Sire, he said, may I have your permission? My dear father, I wish to speak. The owner could not believe his ears. What? Was it you who spoke or someone else? Your permission, dear father, to speak with you. I wish to speak with you, repeated the Pongo. Speak, if you can, said the master. My father, my lord, my soul, began the little man. Last night I dreamed you were dead, you and I. We were together in death. With me, you? Let's hear the rest of it, Indian. We were dead, my lord, and it would seem we were naked. The two of us, together, naked before our great father, St. Francis. And then what? Speak, commanded the owner, torn between anger and curiosity. There we were, dead and naked, standing side by side, and our great father, St. Francis, was searching us with those eyes of his that can see farther than anyone knows. He searched us both, you and me, and I believe he was weighing our souls, judging us for what we had been and what we were. And you, being rich and great, you look straight into those eyes, my father. And you? I know not what I am, sire. I have no way of judging my own worth. True. Go on. Well, then, after that, our father opened his mouth and spoke. Let the most beautiful of all angels appear, and let this uncomparable one be accompanied by another little angel, who likewise shall be the most beautiful of all. Let the little angel bring a gold goblet filled with the sweetest, clearest honey. And then, asked the owner, all the servants were listening to the pongo with rapt yet fearful attention. Well, master, scarcely had our great father, St. Francis, given the order when a brilliant angel appeared, way up high like the sun. He came nearer and nearer until he stood in front of St. Francis. Behind the great angel came the little one, so beautiful, all soft and bright like a flower. And in his hands he carried a small gold goblet. And then, asked the owner, Great angel, take the gold goblet and cover this gentleman with honey. Let your hands be like feathers as they pass over his body. That was the order that our great father gave. So the heavenly angel dipped his hands into the honey and made your whole body bright from your head to your toenails. And then you rose up tall, just you. And even against the bright sky, the light from your body shone out as if you were made of clear gold. Yes, that would have to be, said the owner. Then he asked, and what about you? Well, while you were shining in the sky, our great father, St. Francis, gave another order. Let the angel of least worth, the most common of angels, come forth. Let him bring a gasoline can filled with human excrement. And then, asked the owner, well then, a worthless angel with scaly feet, not even strong enough to hold up his own wings, came before our great father. He arrived all tired out with his wings drooping, holding a big can. Here, old fellow, said our great father to this poor angel, smear the little man's body with that excrement you have there, all of it, any way you like. 
Cover him the best you can, and do it quickly. And then, with his gnarled hands, the old angel took the excrement out of the can and slopped it all over me. It was just as if mud were being thrown up against the wall of a plain old building. And there I was, up in the bright sky, ashamed and stinking. That too would have to be true, said the owner. Go on, or is that all? No, my dear father, my lord, for now, though things were different, we found ourselves once again standing before our great father, St. Francis, and now he was taking a long look at both of us, you and me. His eyes were as big as the sky, and he looked right into us. How far, I don't know, as far as to where night becomes day, where forgetting becomes remembering. And then he said, The angels have done their work well. Now, lick each other, slowly. And just then, the old angel became young. His wings regained their usual black color and their great strength. Then our great father, St. Francis, charged him to watch over us so that his will would be done. <laughs>